electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. On this episode, you'll hear from NBA champion and entrepreneur Kevin Durant. He shares how his success on the basketball court has led to success off the court and the business goals he's shooting for next. My colleague Andrew Ross Sorkin spoke with Durant at the Game Plan Sports Business Summit, hosted by CNBC and Durant's media company, Boardroom. Here's their conversation. You don't need an introduction, but I, I do want to, I want to read you something because I do think it's, it's a bit of an introduction to you, and I, I want to get your reaction to this. Um, this is from the New York Times two years ago. If any player has ever looked more natural or graceful on a basketball court, I have never seen him. Durant's keynote is ease. Just look at him right now. <laughs> he moves with a pure, unforced economy of motion, a frictionless glide that makes him look almost indifferent to the action around him. And I thought about that sentence, and I thought to myself, that doesn't just describe Kevin Durant on the court. That describes Kevin Durant off the court. Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, that's his job is to... Yeah, fabricate <laughs> to glamorize some stuff, but what I do is not that. I don't look at it that way. You don't look at it that way. No, How do you I don't. look at it? You don't think it's easy? Because it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't feel that easy as I was, you know, crafting and getting up to this point. You know, it, it didn't feel like it just came natural. A lot of people was like, "Yo, you were born to be a basketball player." I was like, "How do you know what I was born with?" You know what I'm saying? I felt like we had to acquire. I had to acquire this through hard work and obviously dedication to what I do, but it was, it, it, it doesn't feel that way, to be honest. So I went back uh, May 6th, 2014. You know what happened on that day? Uh, remind me. MVP speech. Oh, yeah. MVP speech. You made me cry on that day, and you made me cry again this morning as I watched it. Oh, you watched it. it again? I watched it again. And you talked about your mother, and you talked about wanting to be a rec league coach. That's what you thought your career was going to be. And you said something that I thought actually was quite profound that might not feel profound to people here, but if you think about what he was saying in 2014, you said basketball is just a platform for me to inspire people. You know, a lot of athletes think that they're supposed to win on the court, they're supposed to do stuff, but you said it differently. You said it's a platform for me to inspire people. Do you remember saying that? Yeah, for sure. What, what did you mean? Who we are is what we consume on the day-to-day, -day, I feel. Um, and the, the NBA is a part of what people consume for the last, what, since the 70s? Uh, you know, so what I've seen on TV, I try to emulate every day, whether it's from my fate from watching Martin or watching Michael Jordan or what I've seen, what I consume, whether it's on TV, my parents, my friends, I try to be like, you know, I try to craft and make this being that I am today. So. I know I'm, I'm on a huge platform, which is the NBA, and if you want to spend your time watching us 
uh, amongst all the other stuff that you got going on in your life, uh, I feel like it's on me to go out there and showcase the most natural, uh, you know, part of who I am on the floor. And I feel as though you know, other basketball players, other people aspiring to be or be good at a craft, they may look at me and. Well, can I ask you? A it's a personality question. Um, and I think everyone who's, who knows him and has seen him, there's a humility about him. Even the way you walk, I would argue there's a humility about it. It's different than people who feel, and, and I think you have as authentic a claim as anybody as being one of the best basketball players in the world. Uh, but when you, when you think about whoever you think is the best basketball player in the world, you think about a bravado, you think about a, a, and you think about wanting to be out there. And I think you've taken a different path. At least that, I, that's, that's my sense of it. I don't know if that's on purpose. I don't know if I'm wrong. What do you think of that? I always felt solitude when I was in, in the gym, you know, and I try to keep it at that, you know. And in this life, you get thrusted in positions where you're doing stuff like this. You, you know, you in crowds and rooms that you never really thought you'll be in. Um, but I always knew what the main thing was. I love doing the extracurricular things. I like going out and having a good time and doing stuff like experiencing new things. But to the core, it's always been about that main thing. And it's for me, it's continuing to keep crafting my skill as a basketball player, as simple as that. I think that feeds everything that I do. So um, regardless of what may come with right. being successful as a basketball player, I know that if I don't keep working at what I'm doing, I can easily lose this skill and and, and talent or whatever you want to call it, but I just feel as though, you know, I got to keep working at the main thing. But, but speak to this, something happened at some point, you hooked up with Rich, you decided to become an investor. You decided, I would argue, to at some point even slim down some of the endorsement deals so you were focused yeah. in, in a way. Yeah. When did that happen? What, what happened to you when you said, you know what, I'm not going to have every brand attached to me. I'm only going to do this, this, and this and I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have a concerted effort. Well, it started off very simple. I liked my time, and I liked, uh, and, and a lot of that stuff was time consuming, you know, six hour shoots and flying different places. My summer was filled with obligations from partners, and, and I just asked Rich one day, like, do I have to do all this shit? Like, <laughs> and, and, and he was just like, no, but it, it was just that simple. And, and I just liked having the time to think about what I wanted to think about and, and which was the game of basketball, to be honest. Like, I felt like a lot of that stuff was distracting me from actually truly locking in to what my true passion was, which was playing the game. And then I had, me and Rich always talked about, you know, my interest off the floor and how we can expand that um, and, and make it work with the inside of, you know, my routine as a basketball player. But that took a lot, that took a lot of crafting over the years. How much does thinking about what team you're on and what market you're in matter to you. You've been on four different teams now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, four different, uh, I think you were four different teams in high school too, right? Yeah. Um, how much though did, it, did you say to yourself, okay, the New York market is, is, is that. Uh, you know, if I'm going to be out, out on the West Coast, that's going to that's be a different thing. If I'm going to be in Arizona, that's going to be a different. How much did that matter? How much did you think about that versus what the team could bring, the opportunity for a ring, what that could bring? Yeah. It just felt like it all just worked out. Um, I always thought about what's the best place for me to continue to hone my skill every day, craft my routine every day. Who do I want to be around at work? That's how simple it was. And 
when I went to Golden State, the team aspect just worked. And then we off the floor, it was so many, you know, Warrior fans that I didn't know that had ties everywhere that, you know, so we connected it, you know, just from being at Warriors games, we started to grow our business from there and starting to meet new people from there. And then it moved, he, Rich was already in New York. So I felt like I had ties there as well. I wanted to be in New York, live in New York, play in New York. And so it just all worked out. I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily think about a, a market or anything because I feel as though what we've done is just trans, transcended all of that type of stuff. I feel like you can you can get what you want to get out of this life wherever you are, and if you actually. What was the was was being on the Warriors in in terms of the entrepreneurial side of your life? I mean, you now have investments in so many different companies, some of whom are represented uh, in this room. Yeah. How much of that came from that experience of being around Silicon Valley and 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 a group of people who sort of looking to change the world in that way. Yeah, a lot of it started there. Um, obviously, you got dreams and goals before that, but when you start to connect the dots and meet people, it started there. And, um, you know, like I said, the common ground was basketball. Everybody loves to come to a Warrior game. So the people that came to those games, we just built relationships from there, and it just grew from there, you know. And I do my part in keeping the brand alive on the court and doing my thing on the court and Rich does his part, you know, and, and, and doing How, how often do you, you and Rich, you, it sounds like you guys talk all the time, but how often does he bring you something that you say, mm, I, I don't see it? Um, how often does he bring you something you say, I don't see it, or the, or the opposite? Yeah, we always push back at one another for sure. I think that's good in the dynamics of a You playing pickleball? Uh, yeah, he got me into pickleball for sure. <laughs> Um, I didn't, I like, like somebody said earlier, you look at pickleball, you don't really think it's anything until you go on the court and you see everybody having a great time and so many people from all ages can play. Um, so it was one of the things that I pushed back on early, but he was just like, yo, just come check this out with me and you see where it's going now. So it's a lot of stuff that we, we, we you know, we, we may, you know, push back on. Well, were the things that were obvious to you, I mean, you guys made an early investment in Coinbase. Yeah. I mean, crypto, before people were, were really doing that. Yeah. Rich just has such a bright mind and innovative mind that, you know, he's seeing what's coming. We have conversations about, you know, we hear, we read articles and we see the headline. We, we keep, we stay afloat on what's going on, you know, in the sports business world and, you know, so we always have conversations on what we can do and how we can, you know, inject what we do into things. And so it's always it's always a flowing conversation, always, you know. So, you know, it's probably some stuff that's in the works right now that we didn't finish the conversation on, but I'm sure to come back up soon. We were talking um, in this last panel about social media and about yeah. media. Uh, I, I, I joked, but not really, uh, that you run NBA Twitter. I do. Uh, <laughs> And uh, do you like doing that? Yeah, I do. I feel like, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, I do. Uh, but it's a, it's a, I like engaging with the fans. Like, when I'm, out, when I'm playing, when I'm working out before a game, I mean, you know, it's fans that's watching this play. I always enjoyed that part of it. And I feel like this is another unique way to engage, engage with fans. Like, come on now, you get an opportunity to tweet at your favorite players and like they might respond back to you, you get to get an inside look at who they are, get to tap into what they thinking. Like I would have loved that as Does a, it as ever a get to you though? No. No. At first, like I heard Paulo and, and Jalen yep. say they turn their phones off. Yeah, they don't want to see it. And I tried to do that but the I was hate can be real. Yeah, but when I turned my phone off or deleted the app, I was still thinking about what they may say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, let me just dive right in and just say like just 
Like, let me, whatever you got to say about me, let me hear everything you got to say, every joke you got to say about me. Uh, you know, criticize my game. Like, it, it, I just felt like I've become more at peace with being an NBA player once I just dove into the, 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 the criticism or the negativity, which is social media. And uh, I've learned how to manage it. And, uh, and it, it also has some, you know, the, the NBA Twitter, whoever fans of NBA Twitter, we've had some good dialogue and, you know, they've grown to know who I am a little bit more. So yeah, I think it, it all helps. Do you like Elon's Twitter or the, or the former Twitter? Uh, I like all of it. I like no different of, for you. It's no different. I don't feel like it's we're all connected with one another, and I think that's the. That's but you're the, on Threads now too. I heard. I'm on everything, bro. <laughs> Instagram, you, Threads. Do you like Threads? It's cool. It's cool. It's, a, it's, a, it's another way to, to get the thoughts off. It's always uh, it's always good to see what people are thinking. How many burner accounts do you have? Uh, no, uh, one probably. Yeah, I got one. one. <laughs> on, on Twitter or Threads or which one? Uh, yeah, on both. Is it findable on both. All three actually. No, it's not findable. It's, it's, not, it's hard not like to, it's hard to switch. Right? I think when people look at burner accounts, they look at me as I'm going on just being a just a, a demon-like troll. <laughs> but I really just I got so many followers on Instagram that it's just hard to really talk to the people that I really want to talk to. You so know? You got, oh, it's for that. It's, this isn't to 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 go on and pretend <laughs> nah. you're somebody else. Nah. Okay. Nah. I'm actually you know I'm actually me on these pages, but right. it's just not. It's, it's a small group. If the UFC does a Zuckerberg-Musk uh, cage match, would you go? I would definitely go to see that. And, and, which, and, and now that we can bet on these things, what, which, which... I would take Zuckerberg because he actually practices. Um, so I think he pretty, went pretty easily. <laughs> How much do you think about your own personal brand? Do you, do you think about that? Not a, not, a, not a lot. I just try to be authentic to me every day I wake up. Right. And whoever sees me, they see me for who I am. I know I don't, I know who I am. Right. So like, I don't try to do anything outside of that. If you enjoy watching me play, cool. If you don't, that's fine too. Like, I'm one of those guys. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. You did a lifetime deal with Nike. Yeah. I want to talk about that. So when, when, when you did this, this deal, this lifetime deal, how, how, involved were you, how involved are you in the creation of the shoe, thinking about the shoe, thinking about what the shoe is going to look like in the future and whether it's going to work in this new world? We, we were talking about fashion, yeah. on court, off court. For a very long time, I would argue a lot of your shoes were very technical. 
They still are. They still are. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not technical, but but they're but. <laughs> but I would say the, the, this newest version, I think, has a has an off-court piece to it. Yeah, Nike. I mean, that's the biggest brand in the world, especially athlete brand in the world. I mean, you want to be a partner with them, and uh, this is our. We're on 16. I mean, it's getting so. I got so many now. I'm starting to forget, but we have 16 or 17 shoes now. So you've done probably two billion dollars worth of sales. We do some math yeah. before we sit, sat yeah. down here. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but from the from the now the beauty of it now is like having a lifetime deal is that you really can create from the from ground zero. You know, we can really create from the sole of the shoe and build up from there and tell the stories that we want to tell with the biggest brand in the world. Like, it was a goal of mine to get this done. And, you know, we, me and Rich talked about this over and over again. Like, so many days we talked about this over. That's the first thing we talked about when we got on the phone. So to see it come to life and um, to actually be a real thing, it was, it was special. So it's, 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 it's a lot of potential there with my shoes, it's, you know, because I've been around so long. So want to keep building that. That's a part of the legacy that people talk about. So what's that going to be? If we were sitting here 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what do you see that brand being in connection with Nike? I just hope people wear my shoes. I hope ballers still rocking my shoes at that point. Really, that's what it, what it should be about. Just you know, when you go into a wherever you're buying your shoes at, I'm sure in 20 years it's going to be the next biggest star in the NBA. But you, just like now, you still may pick a Jordan out or 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 a Penny Hardaway. I want to be on that. I just want to be considered when you walk in the Foot Locker in 20 years. You know, we had a number of owners uh, on this on this stage today, mm -hmm. and you have said, and I think Rich has said, that you would one day love to be an owner of an NBA team. I feel like everybody in here says that. <laughs> what do you think you have to do to make that happen? You gotta have a lot of capital for one. Uh, but having good people, I mean, that's all you heard when you, you know, hear these guys speak up here is about having good people around and empowering the people around you to, you know, be the best that they can be. And that's really been a common denominator from just talking. Is there a specific team in a perfect world? No, it's not, no, nah, I wouldn't say, no. Nah. Bring a team back to Seattle, maybe? Yeah, that would be cool for sure. I mean, in a perfect world, but I'm, you know, I can't be. Whatever opportunity comes up, uh, you know, hopefully I can be a part of something special. But yeah, Seattle would be the ideal spot. You know, they deserve to have a team there again, uh, and I would, uh, and I would love to be a part of NBA in that in that fashion. But uh, we'll see. Do you think there can be more teams right now? Do you think there should be more teams? It can. It can be. The NBA is so huge, but I don't know if owner, other owners would want to split that up amongst new teams. You know, this is, things are going so well. But yeah, I feel like it could be you know four or five new teams. Everybody loves basketball, and and these and what these franchises do to a city. I was a part of an expansion like franchise in OKC, and to see where that city was in 2008, 2009, and to see where it is now is like four or five skyscraper buildings that I would never thought would be there. Resort-like hotels, trolleys through the city that like stuff that I would have never seen. And I feel like a lot of that is because of the injection of a, of a sports franchise into that city. So I feel like a lot of, a lot of cities around the United States are pretty, probably are calling Adam Silver to, to bring a, a team to their, right. to their city. So yeah, I mean, it's, it'll, be, it'll be important um, going forward. And I, it'd be cool to see which, which cities get a team. You mentioned Oklahoma. Personal question, what was the lesson of that when you left? Lesson for who? For you. 
all of the all of the commotion, all of the upset and frustration. Yeah, I mean, maybe you had to ask those people who felt a way about it. Um, I don't think I learned a lesson. Uh, it's just another, you know, just part Isn't of Isn't it so interesting to have people who love you, who love you that much? It is, it is pretty weird at some point, at certain points, because I don't truly actually know these people. They don't know me. Um, but I, I, I like, I, you know, playing on this platform in the NBA, I know that you can uh, admire people that are on TV a lot. I mean, that's just been embedded in our culture since the 1900s. It's just glorifying what you see on TV. But, uh, you know, it's a little different when, you know, you actually know somebody. So, yeah, some of the stuff is weird, but especially when you get to the older generation of people. Right. But the kids who, you know, it's pretty cool to see the kids look up to us. What do you think of the, the compensation deals in the NBA right now? We were just talking about the Celtics earlier, this, this deal. I mean, some of these numbers. I love to see it. <laughs> it's only good. You know, it's, going to, it's definitely going to inspire more people to go pick up a ball and be active and try to, you know, become basketball players. I and mean, all of that stuff adds to just pushing the game forward, I think. Do you, do you ever think of all this stuff, though, splintering up? And when I say splintering up, one of the things we saw, actually, we saw it in golf. It's different because it's an individual thing. But I've always wondered whether someone would come along and say, hey, let's, let's call KD and Steph and a couple other guys. And you know, we'll, we'll start like a three-on-three -three league. In Saudi Arabia? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe a joke, maybe not a maybe joke. Not, yeah. uh, what, what do you think of that? I mean, do you think that that, and, and can, can multiple leagues exist, do you think, or, or multiple things happen like that? Like, like I said, you have, to have, you have to have capital. I mean, we can't, me, LeBron and Steph can say, yeah, we're going to play three on threes, but where, where are we going to play it at? And how are we going to get people to watch? Like, are we going to do all that work ourselves? Like, it'd be tough to compete with such a monster like the NBA. Um, but, you know, money, money does talk, you know. <laughs> you never know what can come from it, but I don't see anything else like that happening. Right. Okay, so I got, I got, I don't know if it's a tough question, maybe it's an easy question. You seem very relaxed right now. And I don't know if anybody who watched... Uh, Am I too relaxed? Excuse me? You seem very relaxed. Okay, good. No, in a good way. Okay. But I'm saying this because on, uh, you did a, an interview with David Letterman. Yeah. And you were very cool. relaxed. I feel like I'm, I, I'm, the, I'm always relaxed. Well, but you, had, you had said you were, you, was, like, you were even more relaxed than normal uh, because you, 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 you were high at the time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so uh, how are you doing right now? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty good. Good, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, is it just us or is it? It's always just us. Okay. Um, well, no, the reason I'm asking is because it was very, it was, I think it, you also, by the way, invested in a number of cannabis companies. Yeah. And I'm so curious about your decision to be public about that, and what the did the I, mean, I assume does Adam Silver call you up and say? No, hey, hey, I actually called him and, tell, and 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 advocated for him to take marijuana off the banned substance list. Um, I just felt like it was being you know becoming a thing around the country, around the world. That it was the stigma behind it wasn't as negative as it was before. Uh, you know, it doesn't affect you in any negative way. So I just, I just felt like it was. Uh, and what did Adam tell you when you said this to him? He agreed, and you see where, where we're well, going. Well, now they've now. now now they've actually told players you can you can, you yeah. can invest and you yeah. can you yeah. can smoke so, and everything else. I think. 
Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you can, yeah, definitely marijuana is. But you were a pioneer, if you will. I wouldn't call myself a pioneer, <laughs> not at all. Um, but a, pioneer, a public pioneer, how about that? I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I just enjoy the plant. I mean, as simple as that. And, um, so what did, you, what did you tell Adam? How did you, how did you persuade him? Well, he smelled it when he, worked, when he walked in, when I walked in. So I didn't really have to say much, you know what I'm saying? He kind of understood where this was going. And then, I mean, it's, it's the NBA, man. Everybody is like, uh, I hate to be, Everybody does it, to be honest. It's like wine at this point. Um, you know what? On that note, let's open up to questions, because I know a lot more people have, have good questions uh, for this gentleman uh, to my right. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We've got microphones around the stage. And what a privilege it is uh, to sit with one of the greatest basketball players of our time. Let's go right back here. Hi, I'm Daniel from Ottawa, Canada. And uh, my question is, uh, going back to your social media, um, a statement that you kind of go and on every platform you're posting and you're kind of getting out there. So when you do buy an NBA team, my question is, would you expect the same from your team members is to work just as hard and make sure that they're posting because it seems like not every team member is going to be posting, but would you have that expectation? Uh, if you've got the urge to post, then post. That's a, I, I mean, that's the, that's the formula I take. I mean, I'm not, it's not scheduled or anything. I just... Most of the time, just wake up and just do it. So if you feel the urge to do so, then yeah, I, I encourage that. You know, obviously if it's respectful, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really on the individual. How often do you delete them? I, I delete them a lot just to troll people because they're starting to catch on that. Man, they call me a, like a, a, a guy that deletes his posts, I guess, whatever they want to call that. But yeah, that's why I delete them to troll. To troll them? Yeah. I like that. Okay. It's trolling the trolls. I think we got a question back here. What's going on, guys? Uh, great discussion. My name is Osamo J. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone asked any questions pertaining to AI. What kind of impact do you think it's going to have on uh, you know, the NBA and the players? Great question. AI? I don't see it truly having any impact on the players. I mean, um, I think you start to see more around AI more in the arenas and the fan experience, the in arena experience might change um, at these games, but I don't see how it can affect the players uh, individually. Um, but AI is, is taking over fast around the world, I'm sure, uh, and I'm sure it'll creep into the NBA at some point. You play with ChatGPT? I have actually. I know you could write a whole thesis on there, like just a whole paper on there. Right? It's pretty cool. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Rich Kleinman, I saw, I saw you had a hand up, but you get to talk to this guy all the time, but you probably have a better question than I do. You want to ask me a question? Uh, I mean, I, no, I, I didn't, but I will. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> wow. How do you enjoy talking to someone like Andrew Sorkin at this point in your career? You've been doing these things for so long. You've experienced so much. I've watched you. But seeing this event and talking to Andrew and, and getting the perspective of what we've built, it'd yeah. be exciting to hear how you've kind of seen all this come together. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool to see how many people here are supporting and wanting to build with one another and the environment that we created is uh, it's, it's fun to be a part of. I don't really like talking a lot like this, but like if this is this is a perfect setting, you make everything so comfortable. You know, so everybody's here is just paying attention and locked in. So yeah, it feels it's, it's sweet to be here, man. I'm, I'm excited.
Excellent. I'm, we're going to follow that mic right there. Good evening. Brian Hines from Putting Them In. Um, thank you for having us today. Great job, Rich and Kevin. Um, question for you. The concept of storytelling was talked about earlier today and um, how players are able to tell their story off the court. Uh, you two have done an amazing job with your show Swagger. Um, been watching it over the past season and this season. Kind of what's your, I guess, obviously it's a story about your life, but kind of your thought, your thought process behind that growing the Swagger brand and then also helping athletes within your circle kind of grow their um, story off the court similar to what you've done. Yeah, I mean, so many stories to tell along this, along, uh, amongst this journey as a reaching it to, to becoming an NBA player. Um, and Swagger is one of those stories that you hear in the locker room all the time from my team. I heard from my teammates from all over the league of their experiences of playing in youth, you know, the AAU system. And um, I just thought that would be a story that can, can connect with a lot of different people. Um, and I think that's part of our, our journeys of being an NBA player is not only just playing, but letting people know what it's like to, to get to this point. So in cool ways, we try to do it with docs and, show, and shows and podcasts and stuff like this. But I think having a show like Swagger, um, you know, where we've seen this from day one into where it is now, um, it's amazing to see the reception it's got and the following it is getting, is getting right now. And then it's the authenticity of each and every episode. So hopefully more and more people start to lock into it. Thanks for watching too, bro. It's a great show. It is a great show. I see a whole bunch of hands and we have a microphone on this side. Hi, thank you. Troy Mullins out Live Golf. Um, I guess as my question is for college athletes, you know, working on and honing your craft is really important, but how important will it be to build your character, um, and will that kind of outweigh or be as equal to your talent in some way? Yeah, most Especially definitely. Especially for women yeah, in most, sports. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, character is most of it. I mean, that's what's going to get you up to work on your game in the first place, and I think that's what people see the most. Um, even when you're silently working on what you want to work on, uh, people can still hear you and feel your presence, and I think that's a part of your character, and uh, that's something that you you have to bring with you every single day. And the ones that are consistent with that are the ones that are, uh, are successful. That was NBA champion Kevin Durant. He joined us at the Game Plan Sports Business Summit, hosted by CNBC and Boardroom, on July 25th, 2023, in Santa Monica, California. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share with your friends. You can visit CNBCEvents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.